Welcome, my friends, to a new day and a new you. This is Sherry Turner. I am here to encourage, educate, and help you to a healthier place in your life. Last week in the podcast, Sleep and Fueling for a Healthy Brain, I touched on how much sleep is recommended for all ages. We then talked about reasons for insufficient sleep. We talked about sleep deficiency and disease risk for obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. We gave tips on sleep hygiene. And lastly, for kids making sleep a priority. According to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, one third of Americans do not get enough sleep each night. I hope after last week's podcast, you focus more on the quality of your sleep. The second area we talked about last week was fueling your brain. Remember, you are what you eat. We need to incorporate the right foods with the certain nutrients and vitamins to build a powerful brain. We talked about the key nutrients and vitamins that are important to our brain. I recommended a great plan to follow to keep your brain sharp in cognitive function, memory, and alertness, and that is the Mediterranean diet. I provided a link last week to that. I then provided a few foods that you could add for brain health. My hope is that last week's episode woke you up to the importance of sleep and also the need to fuel your brain for optimum health. This week, we are shifting our focus down to the digestive system, or what I call the gut. Over the next few weeks, I will introduce you to the role of our gut and how it affects your health. As you have worked out over the years, I know you have heard about building up your core. The core are muscles in and around your belly area. When you train the muscles in your pelvis, lower back, hips, and abdomen to work by doing exercises, this trains the muscles in those areas to work in harmony. As we focus on building a better core, it leads to better balance and stability in our daily activities. I have heard it called the powerhouse. Now, the same is true of your gut. It's truly the powerhouse of your health. Let's do a quick review of the digestive system. We first have the stomach. It is the size of your fist. When full, the stomach can hold four liters, which is a little less than a gallon, of food and liquid. It returns to the fist size when it's empty. The stomach receives the food, it churns it, and breaks it into tiny particles called chyme. The stomach holds the food for three to five hours before it is released in small batches into the small intestine. The stomach requires a very acidic pH of 1.5 to 3 to maintain digestive health. The pH of our stomach is critical for the digestion of many nutrients and acts as defense against harmful bacteria and viruses. The stomach is the reservoir for strong acid. This acid is much lower than any part of our digestive system. This is perfect for the activation of enzymes that break down the proteins into smaller protein fragments, which is the first step in digesting our foods. Because most bacteria enter through the nose and the mouth, the stomach is the first defense because it contains acid and enzymes that dissolve the protein coats of the bacteria either killing them or leaving them vulnerable to our immune responses. I want you to stop right here and take note that as we enter the flu season and continue in the COVID-19 pandemic, that most of the bacteria comes in through your mouth and nose. So you must have good oral health and also focus on good nasal cavity practices. If you have any questions, please email me for my recommendations. The small intestine, also known as a small bowel, runs from the stomach, to the large intestine. It has three sections, the duodenum, the jejunum, and the ileum. The small intestine ranges from 20 to 30 feet long and is about one inch in diameter. 
It has many folds that allows it to fit into the abdominal cavity. One end of the small bowel is connected to the stomach and the other is to the large intestine. The major part of the digestive process and absorption of nutrients from foods takes place in the small intestine. The partially digested food or chyme passes from the stomach to the small intestine where the final digestive process occurs. Nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and water are absorbed by its linings. The small intestine will have absorbed about 90% of the ingested water. We then enter the large intestine, the long tube-like organ that is connected to the small intestine at one end and the anus at the other. The large intestine has four parts, the cecum, colon, rectum, and anal canal. As the partially digested food moves through the cecum into the colon, water and nutrients and electrolytes are removed. The remaining material, which is the solid waste called stool, moves through the colon, is stored in the rectum, and leaves the body through the anal canal and anus. The large intestine is about five feet long and is about three inches in diameter. Your first view this morning passes from the small to the large intestine within eight to nine hours of ingestion. The large intestine will then absorb most of the remaining water, a process that converts the liquid chyme residue into a semi-solid stool or feces. So the large intestine has three important functions. The first is the absorption of water and electrolytes. The second is the formation and transport of feces. And the third is the chemical digestion of gut microbes. The large intestine does not secrete its own digestive enzymes. In this part of the GI tract, chemical digestion occurs exclusively through the action of millions of colonic bacteria. Through fermentation, these bacteria break down some of the remaining carbohydrates, which releases the hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and methane that creates gas. Colonic bacteria also protect the intestines from potentially harmful bacteria coming from the external environment and can synthesize certain vitamins. So you can see the stomach, small intestine, and large intestine all play key roles as they work together to digest our foods. They also play key roles in our immunity and disease processes. Let's now take a look inward at the gut microbiome. The microbiome is like a busy city on a weekday morning, the roads packed with people rushing to get to work or appointments. Imagine this at a microscopic level and you have an idea of what the microbiome looks like inside our bodies. It consists of trillions of microorganisms, also called microbiota or microbes, of thousands of different species. These species include not only bacteria, but fungi, parasites, and viruses. In a healthy person, these bugs coexist peacefully with the largest numbers found in the small and large intestines. The microbiome is even labeled a supporting organ because it plays so many key roles in promoting the smooth daily operations of the human body. Dr. David Heber, MD, PhD, Professor Emeritus of Medicine at UCLA Health says, 70% of the immune system is located in the gut. Nutrition is a key modulator of immune function, unquote. Our immune cells in the gut interact with the microbiome. The diverse bacteria and fungi that live in the gastrointestinal tract are influenced by an individual's diet and lifestyle. The foods we eat affect the diversity and composition of bacteria in the gut, which in turn affects immune cells. 
the gut bugs are healthiest and support strong immunity when their host, and you know, that's you and me, consume plant foods that are high in fiber. A little note, visit the Fabulous Fiber podcast from a few weeks ago. Microbes have learned to play a very important role in the human body, and without the gut microbiome, it would be very difficult to survive. Each of us was first exposed to microorganisms as an infant during delivery in the birth canal and through our mother's breast milk. As we have aged, environmental exposures, medications, and diet can change one's microbiome to be either beneficial to health or place one at greater risk for disease. As we grow, our gut microbiome begins to diversify. Microbiota stimulate the immune system. They also break down potentially toxic food compounds and synthesize certain vitamins and amino acids, including the B vitamins and vitamin K. Here's just an example. The key enzymes needed to form vitamin B12 are only found in bacteria, not in the plants and animal sources. Large families of bacteria are found in the gut, which includes the stomach, all the way down to the colon. In the stomach, there are 0 to 1,000 viable bacteria per gram. As we move to the jejunum, it is 0 to 10,000 viable bacteria per gram. Next is ileum, 100,000 to 100 million viable bacteria per gram, anaerobic and aerobic. And the colon, 10 billion to 1 trillion viable bacteria per gram. In the colon area, these bacteria are strictly anaerobic bacteria that survive only in environments virtually devoid of oxygen. A quote from Wendy Garrett, a professor of immunology and infectious disease at the Harvard T.H. Chan School of Public Health says, we're used to thinking about microbes as enemies, as major threats to our health, but most microbes don't cause disease. They actually help us live better. She goes on and says, we are symbionts, human cells coexisting with bacterial cells, fungi, viruses, and parasites. We're multi-species beings, unquote. This powerful microbiome affects our bodies in a number of ways. Here are just a few. As I had mentioned earlier, from the very beginning, when a baby digests the breast milk, some of the bacteria that first begins to grow in the baby's intestines are called bifobacteria. These helpful bacteria digest the healthy sugars in the breast milk that are important for growth. Secondly, digesting fiber. Certain bacteria digest fiber, producing short-chain fatty acids, which are important for gut health. Fiber may help prevent weight gain, diabetes, heart disease, and the risk of cancer. Again, Go back to Fabulous Fiber Podcast for more information. Number three, helping control your immune system. The gut biome also controls how your immune system works. By communicating with immune cells, the gut biome can control how your body responds to infections. And the last is helping control brain health. New research suggests that the gut microbiome may also affect the central nervous system which controls the brain function. Please review my podcast last week on more brain health tips. There are so many different ways in which the gut microbiome can affect key bodily functions and influence your health. Because this topic is so important, we are going to continue 
the gut microbiome for the next few weeks. In summary today, the gut microbiome refers to all of the microbes in your intestine, which act as another organ that's crucial for your health. The microbiota is important for nutrition, immunity, and effects on the brain and behavior. It is implicated in a number of diseases which cause a disturbance in the normal balance of microbes. Next week, we will continue with signs of an unhealthy gut. We will go on to discuss areas to start the process of restoring a healthy gut microbiome. I have linked all the research and topics today on my podcast page or the blog area of refinementlife.me. Your move goal is still 30 minutes per day, five days this week. You will benefit from adding stretching before and after your move time. You can use a chair or a countertop to help balance if needed. Be aware of everything you put in your mouth. It all counts. A few positive tweaks to your schedule, your menu, or your lifestyle will all add up to an improved physical and mental health. Quote, always trust your gut. It knows what your head hasn't figured out yet, unquote, by Anonymous. This quote is also true for the microbiome. Feed it right for a healthy life. It's a new day and you are becoming a new you. Keep up the good fight. We'll see you next week.